0: Welcome to wait, May 9th. It is May 9th. Welcome to really? May. Today is May the 9th, my friend, It flies, right? Jeez. Today is today is May 9th. I'm John Browner. The other voice you hear is Jason Lawhead. This is Browner and the Lawhead. Now that we've got the date correct, we are the number one show from 6 to 7 on the Mightier 1090 ESPN. ESPN Mightier 1090 we have a show for you on the weekend where a 80 to one horse wins the Kentucky Derby an upset in the Canelo fight, a UFC. I don't even know if you could even call this guy being kicked into the future. 90 years that happened. Chris Paul's mom got into a fight with a kid. (laughs) Uh, 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 um, The Suns apparently suck now. The Sixers rebound. Apparently, Jokic is the MVP. We'll get way more into that. Is is Jordan Poole a dirty player? Most importantly, the Padres are rolling. Jason, that's a lot to get to, man. What's up?
1: I love the list. That was a uh, that rundown is uh, we won't have enough time to talk about everything. Oh, Of course not. Uh, But um, good, man. Good. I'm excited to be back. And uh, other than the time flying part and getting older, like I feel like I'm in one of those like I'm going to be 50 in five months now that you said it's May 9th. I'm going (laughs) to God. And I'm like, I I feel like I'm living in that like that 80s movie montage where the calendar pages are just flying off the page, you know, like with some terrible song in the back or something. That's where I'm at in life. But uh, no, dude, excited to get into it. You know, the the NBA playoffs are getting a a little bit more interesting and spicier as we uh, go by the day and uh, all this other stuff. Yeah. Padres rolling and fun stuff in sports right now
0: so as we as we speak, the Sixers, I'm sorry the the Bucks are ending the game with the Celtics. the they're up two to one. The Golden State Warriors are getting ready to take on the uh uh, uh Memphis Grizzlies with or without John Morant. um we don't know yet, but over the weekend on Mother's Day, Chris Paul had an incident happen with his mom in the stands and i want I wanna make something very clear about me. And I'm, I'm pretty sure Jason will attest to this as well. And this would probably go for his wife as well. If, as a performer, your family wants to sit close to the action, they have the right to do that. As an athlete, if your mother wants to sit in the third row behind the bench, she's got a right to do that. As a comic, I don't know why your, your mother or wife would do this, wants to sit in the front row, That's their business. They've got the right to do that. You do not have your, I don't give a damn how old you are. If you put your hands on my mother, Mm -hmm. I don't care what I'm doing. I don't care what point of basketball game I'm in. I don't care what joke I'm telling. I don't care about what live radio show I'm hosting. Boy, I'm busting your head wide open. Wide open. Wide, wide open, because whatever I'm doing, it has become less important. I can discuss, I can figure it out with other people, I can iron it out with other folks.
1: I would come into that crowd like with the wrath
0: of five Ron Artests. You feel what I'm saying? Okay, the (laughs) entire Indiana Pistons roster from that night (laughs) ain't no, ain't no way in hell. And they're like, "Oh, this kid is 19. He's 18." He said, "I don't give a damn what his age is." I'm going to play the video for you and then we'll continue because you need to see, for those listening, on the Mitre 1090 ESPN, head over to YouTube at Kaplan and Crew and check out this video that we're about to play for you if you haven't already seen it. So now here is the security along with the b security along with the arena security trying to get this kid to leave. And here's Chris Paul screaming, I'll see you later. And now the kid looks stunned because you know what people do after they done them. Really, stupid. when they've had attention called to them, they look up and go, "What? Me? Yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, you." And let me let me be doubly clear about something. Doesn't matter if this kid was white, black, eight. Don't matter what he is. You put your hands on somebody's mama. I'm coming for you. Oh yeah. Chris Paul's better than me because I wouldn't. To the hell with this NBA contract. We already lost this game. Yeah, right. I already got six fouls. You might, might as well pick up your seventh. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to earn a seventh technical. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to slap the hell out of this little boy. Because if you get, and this is my problem when kids do this. When kids do this. Where's the home training? What in the hell possessed you as a 19-year-old man, as an 18-year-old man, as a 17-year-old man? John Browner. Okay, as a 17-year-old boy, I was about as wild and on the verge of prison as any person you would meet on the south side of Chicago. But I will tell you this, I was raised, don't you ever put your hands on no woman, period. End of story, because I'm going to have to answer to my mama, right? So the fact that this young boy found it square to push this woman shows me how he was raised. And so that means now I got to teach him because it's the last woman he's going to push in his life because I'm going to beat the brakes off you. And whatever it costs me as a professional athlete, I've cut larger checks. I own the boat. I own the house. I've cut larger checks because I'm about to put hands on you. Guy can't have it.
1: Hey, uh, you know what's crazy too is like when you talk about how this kid was raised, I see it all the time, dude. I see it all the time. I've seen it with... You calling an intentional foul on a on a kid for doing something so intentional that could have hurt somebody and you try and then you cut they come at you and you're you try to explain them like no he's got to learn that that's an intentional foul. You can hurt somebody, you gotta make a play, and they defend that to the high hilt, like the kid never did anything wrong. And a lot of kids are being raised in this kind of like, well, even when they do something wrong, I'm coming to my kid's defense and I'm standing up to the teacher or the coach or the referee or the whoever. And that's where these kids get raised. And this kid does this to a, an older woman on Mother's Day. I mean, you got to talk about like the total absence of any type of. Uh, uh, cooth manners, ta- anything like uh, it's it's such a, a far removed, you know, even if there is some type of. You know, hostility between fans yelling like the fact that it gets to that. I've seen, you know, youth parents put their hands on other parents during games, and you'd have, you know, people in the building have to either break it up. I saw a full fledged fight break out years ago um, that the game had to be called. So, that kind of mentality rolls right off. I mean, these kids are looking at this. They're just they're watching like I, I remember seeing that stun going, Wow, they're they're all these kids are just watching their parents in a melee. What is that doing to them? You know? Um, it's it's wild, you know. Uh so that that kind of mentality you just go what the f is going on here and you're right like i there's video of me in high school there was a, a younger coach my dad was probably in his mid 50s when he was early 50s when i was playing and uh, there's a handshake at the end of a close game and there was a couple of words exchanged and the dude kind of yanked on my dad and there's video of me come charging in and knocking the dude over and a little melee starting. and i'm like That was my dad who can handle himself, and I just saw that moment and went fuck, went bananas, you know. So uh, for Paul to be able to, yeah, it's like, dude, you could, you know, the kid was wearing a Doncic jersey too. How much more did it take to go in the crowd and get this guy?
0: I think we are living in an age where Mike Tyson said it best: the internet has created a bunch of people who think they can say yeah anything to people in person. Yep, and this, I'm gonna tell you right now, the internet ain't the real world. Social media ain't the real world. You can tweet whatever you want when you are out in public, putting your hands on somebody. There, see, this is what this is just me, and I'm not, you know, I'm not the person that people should follow when it comes to things of this nature because I'm I was raised in a different way. I'm from a different time. There should be somebody on our bench, employed by the team, quote unquote, indirectly. So when something goes sideways, go earn your money. Mm-hmm. Go earn your money. In the stands. I'll, our owner, we're working out with their owner. So therefore, it's above anything else. Right. Something happens in the stands with one of our families. Hey, you, guy, go earn your money. You sitting okay. in the second row, you travel where we go for a reason. Go earn your money. Go put paws down. The 13th man rule. <laughs>
1: every team exactly. gets one at the end of the bench to just go up there
0: and take care of some house cleaning if they need to In street clothes. He always got street clothes on. He ain't right. going to play. He ain't right. going to play. We got him on a team because we know if he got to spend a night in jail, he, he okay with that. Right. He all right with that.
1: Team's going to get him out. They're going to post bail. Right. He's going to be out before he even sp- sleeps there that
0: night. Probably. I believe in, I believe in whooping these folks. Pier point playing whooping these folks and if people don't believe that that boy should have been whooped by somebody in the stands mm-hmm. then you could go somewhere else and put your mommy in that situation put your, put your mother on mother's day in that situation they should
1: drop that dude that dude should be dropped in the left field pavilion in dodger stadium during a dodgers giants game Right in the middle, just just drop right there into the skirmish, and then let him just be right in the middle of an already all and out
0: rumble. <laughs> Every person who does that should leave the arena looking like this. Yeah, that's how you leave. Yep. that's how you looking. That's how you looking. You thought you you get in somebody mama's face, boy. That's how you looking. Period. End of story for me. So that story, those type of things, always bother me. They always bother me. I hate to see it. It's unnecessary, and it makes me sick to my stomach that these people people out there don't have enough self-respect to be able to cheer for your team, boo the other team, throw a little profanity here or there, but keep your hands to yourself. Yeah. That's it. It Ain't that hard? And you might not like Chris Paul the
1: player or whatever for whatever reason. I'm not a fan. But it's obvious that Chris Paul has a good mother. I mean, you know, the guy, yeah, he may be a, a little pest and a whatever that you don't like on the floor and the things that he has said and whatever with it with it, with teammate relationship, whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, come on. The guy's Respect mother's obviously done a great job with her son, and she's sitting right down there. Get a clue, dude. It's Mother's Day. It's disgusting.
0: Second thing that we're gonna talk about here is there's a I don't even know how to be. Answer this, but I'm gonna I, I I'm gonna, or or ask this question, but I'm I'm gonna put it together as I go. Uh huh. I thought Joel Embiid or Giannis of all, probably 100 perfect. I thought Giannis or Joel Embiid should have been the MVP this year. Mm-hmm. It looks as if Nikola Jokic will be the MVP according to uh, league reports. I I get what happened to him, and when you have a race this close. Put the head-to-heads on the table. Both games and B, cakewalk. So, if Jokic is the MVP and it is believed that's believed, I believe I have come to the understanding. I'm not upset that he's the MVP, but we've let analytics now decide. I don't know eighty million dollars in this race. Because if we're if we're gonna look back on this season. Just a regular season. Who went through more? Embiid did. Who went through more? Giannis did. The only thing that Joker had out was Jamal Murray, who they knew wasn't going to play to start the year. They knew he wasn't going to play. It wasn't an issue. He was out with a torn ACL. Michael Porter Jr. got hurt his back a little bit down the line. The Ben Simmons situation that happened, with Joel Embiid, nobody saw that coming. A two-time All-Star, a two-time first-team All-Defensive guy, just gone off your roster all of a sudden, and this man still was able to keep his team in in top-notch top-notch condition, better than the Bucks. And it just, I, I I don't like the fact that a lot of these people who are voting on these awards, they can't watch all the games, they can't. Uh-uh. I would love to know of all the guys who voted, because these are hardcore NBA guys. How many full-length nugget games did you see this year? How many? Because I guarantee they didn't watch much because they weren't on TV that much. And I know these a lot of these guys are supposed to have the NBA package, but there should be a way that if you don't watch, there's a way to monitor your games. And if you don't watch enough games, you lose your vote. Cause this 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 strikes me as people who didn't watch. Joel Embiid played this year. And I just I, I just think analytics got the best of this award this year. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a numbers award, right? It,
1: you know, he got it, I think, mainly based on the fact of he was the first player ever to do the 2,000, 1,500 number in a season. Which, yeah, it's impressive. It's a great year. It's a great numbers year. Um, I just think the way the game has changed and evolved, I just don't think that the rebound statistic is as um kind of impressive as it once was in in past time um and even for that matter from the from the big from the big standpoint in today's game you know i think you know there's enough you know throwouts to the three-point line and if uh, there's enough over the especially the course of the first half into the first three quarters when when the game pace, especially at the regular season, is just kind of like, let's get shots, let's get shots, let's get shots. That's the NBA mentality in the 82 game regular season. And we'll clamp down in the last five or six minutes and play our kind of game that you know, we come out in the opening quarter, we try to establish, and then it's all about getting so you're gonna get assists, you know, those kind of things. And and so yeah, when you look at the whole body of work. And what you just mentioned with Embiid, you go like, you know, who did more for their team at a high level in a tougher conference? The East played way tougher than the West Long all tougher. year. And you're right. I mean, if if I'm going to see an MVP out of Jokic, which uh, I'm not saying his numbers don't deserve it, I'm not saying it's an injustice justice that he won it. Right. Neither right? am I. Right. When you look at the type of player he is, what what Denver did, fu- but still, like. Do more for me in that conference. You know that conference was wide open. <laughs> Matter of fact, it's funny that John Moran's getting the most improved player of the year award. When I when I sit there and I look at the criteria, and yes, the the Grizzlies were good without him, but they were still very good with him. And look where they fell in the standings with a West that was other than Phoenix, who was you knew they were going to roll as long as they mainly stayed healthy to, in wins and losses against. That that conference, um, especially with the amount of bottom feeder. And then you had the Warriors as long as they could sustain, they were gonna be good. I mean, Memphis fell up into that second seed. I'm sitting there going, and to me, John Moran has the criteria of lay, GMT. you know, hanging in that race just as much as a jokic if you weren't gonna give it to Embiid uh, or Giannis. But I thought Embiid was the guy that was the front runner. Um, but I knew it was going to come down to him and Jokic with John Morant kind of, uh, kind of being unfairly not considered for right. where he put his team. I think what Jimmy Butler is another guy that when you look at the MVP award as a whole, what did I, you do I for think, your team?
0: I think we are looking at a statistical anomaly across all sports. I can't really say that for hockey because I don't. I'm not a big hockey statistic number watcher. But I would love to ask a hockey person. Right now, the NBA is playing at a faster pace it's ever played at. And I mean, ever. Ever. There are more statistics. There's less defense. There's more statistics. There's more ways for guys to accumulate stats. Football is the exact same thing. There are more ways for guys to accumulate stats. To a certain degree, baseball is really trending in that direction as well. So when I'm watching, when I'm watching guys put up massive statistical numbers, I'm not impressed by them. The fact that he was able to do something that's never been done before, and he's not a guy who I look at and go, "That might be the greatest center I've ever seen." No, I it, it, you 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 lose me on the eye test. He is a great player, and he's now a, he now may be verge on the two time Hall of Famer. I mean, a two time MVP, so he will go into the Hall of Fame. But if I told you Steve Nash won back to back MVPs, what would you say? that don't sound right. And an era where Kobe Bryant played, that don't sound right. When I tell you Steph Curry's a two-time, once, unanimous MVP. You go, oh, that sounds about right. So statistically, we put a lot on the statistical view of how we approach these things. And I think the eye test, along with the statistics, along with players voting on these awards, should be the criteria in which you come up with the MVP, but we don't do it that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see, you know, the MVP get, you know, voted on at least sometime midway through the playoffs, if not the end of the f- playoffs, and, and and exclude the NBA finals, right? Because then you get to two teams, and, the, you know, you got to do a lot as teams to get there. So exclude that, but I would go through the at least the Western and Eastern finals. And then say, look at the body of work here. Let's look around and say in in its to, you know, then you have an NBA finals MVP. And right. So, um, and that could be anybody. That could be Andre Iguodala or or Cedric right. Maxwell. Um, you know, that doesn't have to be a guy that's been in the MVP race all year. Uh so but a lot of players that are in the MVP race all year, yeah. Maybe you know, I mean, at the end of the day, if you haven't gone to the playoffs the chances that you are in the mvp race are slim to none so that right. give those guys that have taken their teams to the playoffs a chance to look at because you know if I, that if i had to vote and maybe even if i thought jokic was the guy that i had all year and then i watched the first round and i said well you know maybe his conditioning came into question maybe he got you know worked over towards the 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 the, the, the amount of that series and late in those games and when the when the you know the award that I'm looking for was thrust upon a guy he wasn't able to finish games strong or or finish the, the right when, things the right when way. we
0: come back. When we come back, we okay. have a question. Is the pool dirty? Brown in lawhead back for the second half of the podcast. Mitre 1090 ESP and mm-hmm. if you're just joining us, we talked a lot about what happened with Chris Paul and what you should do if people mess with the the, the lines that should and shouldn't be crossed when you're cheering for your family and sports and the statistical anomaly that maybe. Uh, Nikola Jokic's second MVP making him back-to-back MVPs which for a second round draft pick is mind-blowing but we have another question how about them Padres Woo! getting it done every way you can get it done
1: and I was a lot of that I was just I'll just say getting it done every way you can get it done and have to get it done um making sure if you lose a game it doesn't stretch into a losing streak and i think a lot of that you know i i think a lot of that is bob melvin i think that kind of presence that's what a managerial presence kind of brings is the attitude that you know if we lose one we're not going to lose three or four in a row and we're going to have to we're going to whatever it takes to win this game we're in in the fifth or sixth right now that we got we're going to win this game and uh Those are those things where I think good coaching builds and breeds that mentality.
0: I got to tell you, man, I'm looking at this, and I have a question that may or may not – you may not be able to answer this as as much as I hope you can, but naturally in baseball, hitting always starts slow. Are you more? Are you afraid, or are you? Do you have any trepidation about this roster because offensively they can't seem to score?
1: No, not right now. I think that um, I think you know they've got the type of players, especially with Machado in there. Uh, once He's carrying right them right now, by the way. Well, carrying them, but you know, uh, once that uh, a couple bats come alive. I think that they will um, – are they going to be the type of team that gets locked in offensively and, and and beats the drums off people? No, they're not. And that's why I think Melvin, that hire is important to be able to guide that ship. Uh, you know, he you know he kind of reminds me of a Frank Cohn in a way that can just kind of get the most out of some chess pieces, win games when you're not scoring runs, win games when – Uh, you're giving up runs uh, and um, you wait for those breakouts. And I think this is the type of team that's going to have moments throughout the year where the bats get hot and Machado's, you know, carrying them in the middle and then he's going to feast when they are, and they're going to have to try to win games when they aren't. Um, And then if Tat, you know, if, and when Tatis comes back, hopefully sooner than his timetable that he is ready to go right into there. And then they might be able to be that type of team and end strong where, you know, they're beating you, you know, with the bat rack uh, more times than not. And that could be a nice luxury with wherever this pitching staff is health wise or innings wise coming around that bend in August and September. So but I think they're going to be one of those teams that just kind of breaks through, you know, has a couple uh maybe has a hot month or, you know, a few weeks and, and wins games that way and and are going to have to win games when they're not hitting well.
0: I think for us to sleep on this would be a disservice and i'm going to tell you my preference in baseball i i would rather be winning two to three i'm sorry i know it's boring to watch but you know how you win playoff games exactly two to three right three to four not six to eight Mm -mm. not nine to eleven you win them two to one three to two two to four though that's how you win playoff games and the fact that these guys can't hit right now doesn't bother me at all your second best player if 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 not if not your best player is out he's got popping his bat will myers is up and down but he can get hot every now and then he's missing out of this lineup and so you're looking at this outfield and people are really up in arms about them not being able to score but yet you look up and they're winning yeah because last year they had decent offense. The team imploded. So I would I would rather have pitchers like they have and figure out a way to get a timely hit here and there than I would to have a team where I need these guys to go out and give me eight to nine runs a game. Because you know what's going to happen when you get into the playoffs. You're going to face high-level pitchers who you're not going to score eight runs on because these guys are throwing at needlepoint right you can't and hit it, these guys and they've got
1: all the analytics set up for what bullpen guy comes in when at what time against what batter that has this success against these guys yes. and it's pinpointed you know as long as you know in a, in a perfect world obviously but uh and yeah so you're right I, I, there it benefits them more to win those kind of games uh win games like that on the road they're above they're they're you know Five games over five hundred on the road to start the season. Even if they just played to that level all right. year, even if they just played the five to seven games above five hundred on the road that all year, they're going to have their they're going to have their chance to win uh, a, a lot of games. You know, around that hundred mark, um, if they take care of business at home. So, and a lot uh, of people
0: will tell you, "Oh, look who they played. Look who they played." Yeah, guess what. Everybody else is going to play them too. (laughs) You got to win in baseball though. That's, I don't, there is no, that's weird
1: to me. Like, look who they play. Look who they played. At the end of the season, you could sit there and go, dude, they were one in 14 against the Dodgers. Okay. Then I'll listen to that argument, but you can't give me that whole, look who they play, look who they played in baseball. Because it's like, that's what happens. Everybody, you have to win baseball games. That's the whole point of the
0: season. The only thing, the only time. In any sport, by the way, you can come to me and say, look who they played. It's football because everybody right. doesn't play everybody. Right. You cannot do that to me in baseball because everybody plays everybody. Right. Basketball, everybody, hockey, everybody plays everybody. Right. So the, the drum beat of the guy who goes, well, look who they beat. You know what? The Dodgers are going to play those exact same teams. So are the Giants. Then, exactly. And if they smoke them like we smoked them, then you know what? We need to smoke them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, look, this team needs to be concerned about winning baseball games and just staying that's on it, that bottom shot line. stride. And you know what? Let the Dodgers win 10 to 5. I'd rather win 3 to 2. And uh, you know, because you're going to use that kind of you like you said that's the kind of baseball you're going to see especially not just in the playoffs, but like the fight for the playoffs, right? Cause that's right. what starts. That's how baseball now with the way they're set up with the play in game and the extra guys that, you know, the smaller market teams can stay in it. They don't have to sell everybody at the trade deadline like they used to. And that limits the big markets power to go out and just pluck anybody they want at the deadline. Like they used to, because there's teams playing for these outside shots, right? These mid to smaller markets are like, Hey, maybe we get in the play in game. Let's not sell everybody right now this year. So um, those games start being played, you know, in, in early September. And, and, and those types of wins are, are at a high value then for teams like San Diego and the, and the teams that are always, you know, looking for if we're not going to win the division because there's a mighty, mighty, you know, there's always like that, you know, with Tampa Bay is always that way. And, you know, the Indians a lot of times or, or the Twins are always playing that kind of ball uh, come early September. Um, to have some success. So the it's good that the Padres are are getting that in now because I think that's gonna be more valuable for them than pretending that they're gonna be in these eight to five, eight to six, ten to four games, you know, all year long. And uh, you know, ooh, you know, you know, let's be realistic here.
0: We'll see how it turns out, man. We'll see how it turns out. I, I just think there's so much pessimism around this roster because of the way that they collapsed last year and the general manager having the faith in his in in his ability to find these players and bring them all back to show it last year was a once in a generation thing once in an organizational history thing these are the guys to get the job done i believe in continuity yeah i really do i'm a 100% believer and if you break things up every time something goes wrong You will never really sustain any culture amongst your organization. Look, look around, okay? Any team, football, basketball, baseball. You constantly fire the manager. You constantly have turmoil. You constantly have to keep repeating things and starting things over. You constantly fire GMs who then want their players. So now the players in your roster are gone and you're starting over again. So continuity is a huge thing with me. I think it's a huge thing in sports because if you look at all the organizations with the same manager, general manager, you see success all across sports. And so I hope the Padres stick to this formula because, again, this roster up to this date are winning games. Without yeah. their best player. so And
1: that's optimistic. Like, there shouldn't be a pessimism about that. That's optimistic. You know, I think a lot of just people don't know how to feel about yeah. Fernando Tatis because he's the future and he's the team. So they don't know how to feel about that criticism. So they get pessimistic on the team that's out there right now trying to score runs while they wait for, you know, what they should clearly be more – upset about and more optimistic about what's on the field now and upset that Tatis isn't the guy out there joining them this early and trying to get this team off to a start and and you know because Tatis is in there healthy right now and he's hitting the ball guess what there is a fear around the league and in the division of Oh boy. Right now. I mean, if, if they had what they're doing right now with a hot to tease healthy, boy, are they cooking and boy, are teams worried right now? Teams are just like, okay, the Padres are, you know, 19 and 10 and, you know, but you know, uh, you know, the Dodgers are still going, well, yeah, you know, we're still the Dodgers and our, our, our stats look better. We we've given up less runs. We sc- sc- scored way more runs. We have a better record. So, um, uh, Tatis, you know, when he gets in there, I think a lot of pressures on him to be a guy that is gonna have to help push, you know, this this offense over the top wherever it is at the time he gets there.
0: We've got a unbelievable series going on between the Warriors and the Grizzlies. It takes game four tonight in Oak in Los Angeles, Oakland, in San Francisco, starting in about I think about ten minutes mm-hmm. over the weekend. Jordan Poole was claimed or called uh, dirty after after this play. If you're watching on uh, YouTube, shout out. If you're listening on the Mighty 1090 ESPN, head over to YouTube to check this video out if you haven't seen it by now. Here it is. Here's Jordan Poole explaining the play. He's watching it on his phone. So I want to be very clear on something. Everything not dirty. Okay. I don't know. I I guess John Moran's got sour grapes because of what happened with Desmond uh, uh, Dylan Brooks being suspended for a game and ejected for a game for the hit that he had on Gary Payton in the second, which basically fractured his elbow, which was a dirty play. Draymond Green uh, slapping a guy and pulling him out of the air. That was a dirty play. This was a guy swiping at the ball, missing and hitting you on the leg. That's not a dirty play. Like I, I don't know if it's just me, but God, some of these dudes are getting real soft. A lot of these guys who talk real tough get real soft, saying that this this was a flagrant foul. Like there was nothing to look at. He actually got hurt, by the way, in the second quarter. That's when he actually got hurt. Because if you watch the video of in the second quarter, he has a closeout on Klay Thompson where he won no fundamentals, no technique. And I love John Moran as a player. Wild closeout, uses all his athleticism, Over jumps, Klay Thompson shot fakes him. He kicks his leg out and his leg hits Klay Thompson's leg. And that's where he actually gets hurt because you can see him limp after that particular play. So this this idea that this quote unquote uh, he broke the code it's just it's lazy it's lazy and it's stupid and i hate it. Well and it's an easy guy to go target
1: right Jordan Poole you know he's he's uh, he's young he's playing well it's a guy that you can kind of maybe throw into the, the whole uh drama of press conferences for the rest of the series and will that rattle him and will who will that you know uh so it, it's garbage i mean is that i mean people are out there debating the draymond video they're debating the the you know some other videos and going i mean is that really a flagrant dude like i mean if you have the time to even debate that whether draymond uh it, it was a flagrant or that like This is just a basketball player making a basketball play in a, you know. uh, And by the way,
0: he wasn't even called for the foul. The foul was called for There wasn't any.
1: There was a loose ball. That's that's incidental contact going for the loose ball. Nobody dislodged anyone or took impeded or took advantage of anything to get that. Like that was a play that was just, you know, basketball is a contact sport. Uh, and when there is uh you know incidental contact because there's a loose ball and there you can't or and or you're not determining a possession or someone's not being dislodged or impeded then there's not a foul i i try to explain this to people they're like oh my god i'm like it's it's a contact sport like like not all contact is a foul people just don't get that
0: i think watching the game be played this way when you have offensive guys who are like legit geniuses at drawing contact as the offensive player in the playoffs, those aren't fouls. And now they don't know what to do. Right? There's a, like Chris Paul fouled out, (laughs) two of his fouls were this weird stuff where he likes to stop in front of people and fall down. He got a foul for that. Like there's some things that he does on the court, I'm like, That's not a foul on the defender. And in the playoffs, you stop getting those calls. And so there are guys like Scott Foster who people hate Scott Foster. I love Scott Foster as a referee. Love him. Because he will not let you flop. He won't. He won't go for it. Because you're supposed to decide the game, not me as a referee. And Scott Foster... I teed a flop last week. Teed it right there, right in front of me. Dude tried to flop,
1: drop on the table, and on the low post move... I blew the whistle, he flopped, he fell. The guy that that he he flopped on kind of stumbled forward. And boom, I just went boom, T, flop, T. Guy couldn't Absolutely. believe it. He's like, wait, what? What? No, I, I'm like, no, that's a flop. And and if you want to flop, you can, but it's gonna be a
0: technical. I don't warn flops. Some the 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 thing with the head whip backs, like these James Harden is is brilliant at it. uh, 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 Giannis is getting really he's not really more of a flopper, but he's a contact creator. Kevin Durant. Like these guys have the great players, (laughs) not some average guy. The great players in the league have mastered tricking the official. And that's not basketball. Tricking the official is not high level basketball. Skill is high level basketball. I don't care what anyone says. It is not a skill to fool the referee. It's not a skill. It's not a skill. Because if the referees yeah. aren't out there, you ain't doing that. I played enough
1: basketball to know when I'm when the person's trying to fool me. Look, look, there's a difference between flopping, and there's a difference between a guy trying to sell extra cell contact that might have been there that I'm not gonna call. Uh, I'm not calling that. And there's also the offensive player that tries to extra sell. Some type of foul he had going in because he's out of control. He's not gonna get a shot off released. Yeah, there's maybe some defenders, but there's vertical defenders. He's creating all the contact on it, and he's trying to give a flail like something happened and he got his arm ripped off. And, and I know that that's the difference. Now there's a, a flop is a whole different thing. A flop is literally like flopping over and hitting the deck and creating uh you know uh, a play that did not occur. I will tee that. Um, I just will ignore the extra cell or the, the fake what you're talking about trying to fool the referee. I I think a lot of that's um, on the, on the referee. And, and you're, and you're right at the NBA playoff level. Sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll just, you know, blow that whistle for, for the veteran in the uh, regular season or give that to you know, to a rookie that didn't deserve it because a veteran either, you know, sold it or flopped or whatever. But yeah, come playoff time, these guys ref the way I was just explaining it. We know what it is. Uh, I'm not calling that sell. You didn't, he didn't charge, you know, he didn't go through you, um, or you didn't get fouled. So, um, yeah, it's interesting because, uh, you'd think that more veterans would just adapt to
0: that in the in the playoff season to go like this isn't gonna play right right um, but they don't for some strange reason they don't we got a big series tonight dodgers just swept the cubs uh man, cubs are now players. coming to cubs are now coming down to petco for three games i'm i'm hoping i'm hoping we see a gym from mckenzie gordon i think they i think they're working with a sellout tonight at petco park downtown so that should be fun to watch tonight on television as I try to find a way to split screen that yeah. game in, in 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 association or in a company with the Warriors Grizzlies game. Because like, I got I want to see if John, John Morant plays. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll see. Um we're back tomorrow. Tomorrow, Tuesday. Tuesday. Brown and Lawhead. Yeah. So so again, for everybody listening, you feel free to head over to iTunes. Feel free to head over to YouTube. For anything you missed, or any, if you want to catch up on the program, you may have seen uh, Jason's show. You may have seen uh, uh, our show together, and you've, you found us on the TV. Oh. Also, I wanted to say uh, subscribe to
1: my YouTube page. Uh, it's uh, YouTube backslash Jason Law at seven. I got uh, "Do It Again" that that uh, that I shot in Cleveland. Um,
0: Come it again for, for free. Do it, do it, again. it again. YouTube. It again. We'll talk about it tomorrow.
1: Peace.